0: very I'm gonna jump away. Also, he went with Abram and Lot and Philip. Now, the land was not able to support them that they might to grow together. But their possessions were so great that they could not grow together. And there was strife between the virgin of Abram's livestock and the virgin of Lot's livestock. Came nights nice and said, A right in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herds. Separate from me. You take the left, and I will go to the right. Or you go to the right, and I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his divide, and saw all the plain of Jordan, and well water everywhere, for the, like the Lord was close wall, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, and the Joseph of Johann. And Lot so, chose himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed. all Take a look at the fire. If you join us tonight online, I want to welcome you as well. And, here and say, you're going what oh, God really to do said, it's like it is doing to And you can see Abram takes Lot with him. And you know from lots previous experience, Abram had thought, heard, him. and So you can already see that something is starting to happen here in Abram's life and in Lot's life. Uh, Abram wasn't supposed to bring Lot with him. He was supposed to be his family and his father's house behind him. Getting he takes him to the father's house with him in Lot. And Lot is now growing with him. And we have a life at the beginning. Let's find out a little bit about that. We look at Repeated phrase in Genesis chapter 12 through 13. Lot went with him. Repeated in 12 verse 4, that's the call of Abram, get you out of your father's house, get out of the land, come to a place that I'll show you. And Lot and and Abram goes, he obeys, but he doesn't quite obey, so he takes Lot with him. Lot went with him. At 12 verse 4, again we see it in 13 verse 1, we also see it in verse 5. Lot was Abram's nephew, the adult son of Abram, brother of Koran. Abram's father, Terah, This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, or Abram, and Nahor and Haran, and Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sana'i, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcha, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcha, and the father of Sitka. But Sela'i, or Sela'i, was bearing a the child, and Terah took his son Abram and his grandson. Of Haran and his daughter in law, Sarah his son, Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So you just picture this of Lot's father dying, Lot being raised by his extended family, and of course, when Abram gets a call from God in chapter 12, verse 1, leave your father's house, come out of your father's ways, out of his custom, come to a land that I will show you. Abram obeys, but he doesn't quite obey take takes Lot with him. Well, we'll take a look here in uh, the next verse just, uh, God told him to go forth from his country, from his relatives, from his father's house, to the land he would show him. We're going to read about that in 12 uh, 1. Well, Abram obeyed part of God's command. He left his country and went to the land God showed him, but he took Lot with him. So I want to point out something tonight. What we're looking at, then, is partial obedience to Still sinful. A lot of us think we can only partially do what God wants us to do and still get God's blessing. Well, we end up with problems when we only partially obey God. And Abraham's going to give us that picture. There's a lot we can learn from Father Abraham. There's a lot we can learn from the patriarch Abraham. He teaches us many things. This is one of the few things that we often skip over. One of the things that we can learn in his first beginnings of walk in faith with God is we learn that partial obedience is still Partial obedience is still sin. Uh, in fact, I would love for each and every Christian to begin to realize that. Partial obedience is still sin. We often think it outweighs it, or God knows our hearts are intense of in our hearts, and blessings us just for that. But what we need to realize is partial obedience is still sin. God is asking for, God is demanding, and commanding 100% obedience from us. Let's look at that next slide. Genesis 12.1, this is God's command to Abraham. The Lord has said to Abram, get me out of thy country from my father's house and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. To a land that I will show you there. So we get the command from God to Abram, leave your father's house. And let's talk about that for a second. We're talking about Abram's household. Abram's father's household. When we become Christians, we are leaving a father's house. And some of you may not understand what I'm talking about, That to us here tonight. If you're online and you're saying, What is Pastor talking about? What we're talking about is this. One of two things here. And we need to understand this, need to understand it completely. We're either a child of God or we're a child of the devil. If we are not following God, then we are following the devil. And God is telling each and every one of us, He's giving you that command as well. How do I know that? Because you're listening in tonight, or you're right here in the church tonight. God has told us come out of your country, come out of your Father's house to a land that I will show you. That takes faith, number one. That takes obedience, number two. And three, it takes the ability to keep on believing. And that's the hard part for Christians to do. It's easy to believe when someone says it. It's easy to start obeying, but it's really, really hard to keep on obeying, especially when things get rough. someone say amen tonight? We all do that. We all have problems with that. So, but let's talk a little bit about Abraham here. God says, Leave your father's house. In fact, it starts out with a couple of things. He says, Get out of the country. So, if we were looking at countries symbolically, and we're going to do that tonight, let's take a look at that for a second. How many of us, before we became Christians, had a lifestyle of sin? I think each and every one of us could raise our hand and testify God delivered us from a sin, from a problem, from some sort of hatred, some sort of hurt some sort of brokenness. We can all testify about that. And so, if we were to be honest tonight, that would be the country we were living in. The country that I lived in was anger. I lived in anger, and it consumed me. It consumed my family, and it consumed the way of thinking. Everything was about anger. Everything was about revenge. Everything was about getting even. And I lived in that country. And when I met God, the first thing He told me was, Get out of your country! you living in a country of anger, a country of hatred, a country of addiction. What is the country you live in? Listen to what God says, Abram. Get out of your country. You know, the next thing he says, then he says, get away from your family. Get away from your family. I made brothers and sisters in my anger. How many of you know that misery loves company? We will seek out people of similar mindset to dwell with, to, to cohabitate that misery with. We'll find people who agree with us. And here's a new phenomenon we're seeing nowadays as mental health people, as people who look out and try to counsel with people, they're, they're putting that online out anonymously. they put out there, hey, somebody did this to me. And really what they're saying is I want a hundred people to agree with me. So I feel better. I feel vindicated. I feel justified in my anger or my outrage or my hatred. And they want that. After somebody agree with me, please. You know what you need to do? You need to get out of your country and get away from your family. Our family is what keeping us living in that land of hatred, or that land of guilt, or that land of misery, or whatever it might be. God tells Abel, get away from your country. Now we understand spiritual implications here. Abraham was living in the early Chaldeans. He was living in in the land of Haran. And you know what? It was an idolistic place. It was a place that worshipped the moon god. That moon god later on transformed, morphed into a god that you've heard about today. And I'm using God with a little g here. You know him or her as Allah. The Muslim god. Absolutely. positively. Here's God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, speaking now to him, he said, get out of that country because you can't live like that. And you know something? All of us got little gods. Some of them hold, on to god. I hold on to my little god of anger. Some of us hold on to little gods in 12-ounce bottles. i even seen them nowadays little, little bottles. We hide them in all kinds of innocent things. I was in the gas station before I game the church and somebody in front of me in line, he was buying something called twisted <laughs> teeth. And they put something sinister He said, wait a minute, Pastor. Tea is still innocent. Amen. Coffee's still innocent. But you know, way back in the 1500s, the church classified coffee as sin. Did y'all know that? You know what a a caffeinated preacher will do? you know what an uncaffeinated preacher is? They're Charlie Brown's people. Uh, 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 uh. you give us a caffeine now, and he gets mild and excited. Praise God. Here's the deal, though. You need to get out of your country. Get out of where you came from. Get out of the way you used to think. Get out of the habits you used to have. Get out of the reason you used to use to justify the way you felt. Get out of your country. Get away from your family. Get away from your family. Don't bring your brother in hatred with you. Don't bring your sister in racism with you. Don't bring your son in adultery with you. Don't bring the children you've made or the family you've made in sin with you. You bring your sin with you, you know what you're gonna do? Fall right back into where you came from. It's kinda of like the guy who has his house broken down by a tornado. The insurance company comes by and says, We're gonna build you a brand new house. And guy says, Great, we can start with this brick he picks up in the crack. This will be the cornerstone. We do that with our children. And I'm not talking about children physically. I'm talking about our children of sin all the time. I want to build my next house on this little cornerstone of my anger, my hate, and my addiction. Whatever it may be. The Bible says, Abram, get out of your country. Get away from your family. you know what else he says? From your father's house. From your father's house. Have those sinful lifestyles you don't need anymore. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about, oh, did they have a beer every now and then? I'm not talking about, oh, did they have a glass of wine? I'm talking about that cycle of abuse. You know what I'm talking about? That cycle of abuse. Unfortunately, in sin, hard 30 years a minute. Never does it fail within the next few months someone comes in and says my mom abused me, my dad abused me, my grandpa abused me, my uncle abused me. Get out of your father's house! Come to a land that I will show you. You've got to leave those family traditions that are killing you behind. You do not have to keep that circle alive. In Jesus Christ, you have the ability to be born again, to be made new, and to leave those traditions behind. Somebody say amen tonight. You don't have to have that anymore. You don't have to be angry anymore. You don't have to be suspicious anymore. You don't have to be paranoid anymore. You don't have to be addicted anymore. You can be brand new in Jesus Christ. Get out of your family tradition. Get out of those circles. You've been that circle for years. What if what mom did? So I got to do it. That's what dad did? Well, so I got to do it. You got a brand new father when you become a Christian God the Father. Anymore. Let's look at our next slide. I'm gonna run out of time. I have to stay there for the rest of the year, actually. But partial obedience to God is disobedience because you don't know what Abraham does. Abel does. He takes a lot with him. Why? Because this is mid-Adri, my humps. You know what else we do? Be believing. What a great, great thing be believing. Don't be unbelieving. Be believing. You remember the man whose son was caught up in a demon, and a disciple tried to cast him out. Jesus comes down after the time of prayer, and He comes to Him and says, "Your disciples can't cast him out." Jesus cast him out immediately. The disciples come around and say, "Why couldn't we do it?" Don't be unbelieving. Be believing. Unbelief says, i got to take something with me. i got to take a memento. You got a memento in your Father's house? That, you know, that memorial wound that you can't let go of? That memorial memory that you can't put behind you? That night, that eventful night where you just can't let it go and you can't quite forgive and you can't quite Go without it because you think it's what keeps you going. You say, well, I'm learning from it. Leave it behind. You don't know, need a lot with you. You need God with you. partial obedience to God is disobedience, and there are always consequences to disobeying God. Abram gave up the best of God's gift of land to selfish lot in order to appease him and put an end to family strife. Remember, as we started in Genesis 13, there was the strife the herdsman had you got lots of cows. you got lots of sheep. you got camels, lots of donkeys. And I'm here to tell you that the land won't support us. My shepherds are fighting your shepherds because they want the best grazing land. And so Abram says, you take your pick, whatever you think's best. You know, we will end up doing that in order to keep peace sometimes. It's not God's plan for you to have second best. It's God's plan for you to have the best you bring things with you, you're going to be able to sacrifice you. So you stand with How do I know? Act now on a personal experience. Another thing we can learn from truly and honestly, is when we give up something like that, when we decide to stay in sin, we end up trading up family for it. How many alcoholics give up their wives or their husbands drug addicts, give up their children, their grandchildren, their moms, their dads, for their drugs. Because so they love their sin enough. And so I love you. I'll do anything for you except to give that up. I won't give up that sin because I love it too much. Abram took Lot with him. Why? You might argue, he said, to love Lot. He wanted to take care of Lot. God's promise was for Abram. God's design was for Abram. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Let's take a look at the Genesis 1311. Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. He chose the best that he could find. This is where I want my camel's at. This is where I want my sheep at. This is where I want my donkey's at. This is where I want my cows at. This is where I want my, my ranch house right there. I'm going to set up... Uh, Y'all remember the movie uh, Gone with the Wind? It had that wonderful, beautiful plantation called Tara. Could you imagine old Lot saying, this is where I'm going to build my wonderful Victorian style oh, mansion. Right there. And as he walked a little further on, he saw cities. You know what cities he saw? He saw the amazing He's he was like, ding, ding, ding. Cash register, money signs in his eyeballs. Right there. I could sell my seat. I can sell their wool. I can make a living and not even have to walk far. He loves one. God. Jesus. the Before we go any further, sometimes God protects us. You don't know that? How do I know that? <laughs> Thing, you say, wow, I want that, I want that, I want that. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. It to me. And in the end, it turns out to be something more than that. Right. At this point, though, consequences remain. Abraham and all had a fight with God. Yeah, they separated. Yeah, they were on deeper terms. And in fact, this denny, to this day, to this day, the sinister rock occupied the land east. So it's 10, 11, and there is still fight between the descendants of Lot. which is the country of Jordan today. The descendants of Abraham, which is Israel. It's a little confusing. we can find out about that. That's why I do it. There's a modern day map. I'm going to come on up. You can see Israel. They've been in the news a lot here lately. If you look up to the, to the left of your map, almost in the middle, just underneath the map you'll see. You'll see Gaza right above, Khan Yunus, and that is where the war is happening right now. Right over here in the middle, you'll find something called the West Bank. And that West Bank is old Judea. Can you believe that? And people will say, that's not Israel. That's biblical Judea. My goodness, what's wrong with us? I'm going to start here. people to run the police force in the city of Massachusetts. Lots of whether you choose to completely obey God or not? Of course it does. Of course it does. Every one of us would love to be 100% faithful to God. Every one of us needs need to be 100% faithful to God. Do you None of us really are. None of us really are. One of the most famous chapters of the Bible. It's called the Akhah. It's called the Binding of Isaac. You know, is through, it's just pointing to the fact of the And as Abram, who's a hammer at that point, gets off his donkey and he tells his servant, The lad and I will go up on the mountain to worship. And we just spent a lot of time to teach you about worship, about the pictures of Jesus Christ. let me tell you, it's an amazing Maybe hey, that I encourage you to do so. Perhaps we we'll do it here on a Wednesday evening. However, I want you to look at the big picture. The big picture is Abraham learned to leave those servants behind. He says, "You guys stay behind. You stay here with the donkey, and me and the boy are going to go up on the mountain to worship." Sometimes we've got to be like Abraham and leave the dumb donkey and the people behind that we don't need in our lives. Does it matter whether you choose to completely obey God or not? We obeyed God over 4,000 years ago. 4,000 years ago. I wish I could totally live for you completely. You? Look at the next slide. In fact, we can get a good look at that. Today. People ask me all the time, in fact, well, we all have a prophetic timeline. Thank God we don't know. What we need to be doing is with our heads up, looking. What we need to be doing is being found faithful. Will be, you know, them, I feel to share Some of you may be sitting there in that pew tonight and say, Pastor, I have not been faithful. You might be online tonight saying, Pastor, I have not been faithful. I'm a Christian. I truly gave my heart to Jesus Christ. But somewhere down the line, I turned around and I fell in love with sin again. And I want to know if God will take me back. I want to know if God will still save me. I want to know if God will still be faithful to what God said. I want you to hear something. I want you to hear from my heart. It's something I feel God is putting right now on each and every one. Perhaps you're one of those will say, Kim, God, work with me. You remember the parable? That man to me was working with his field. I'm sure you do. He goes out in the morning, and he finds the idol people inside the market. He said, come into the field, and when the day's over, I'll pay you. for fine. Still, even the dogs negotiate on a Later on, around noontime, he goes back into the marketplace and he finds more guys hanging around saying, What are you doing? And they say, What are you doing? He says, Come on into the field and at the end of the day, I will give you what? Just at the end of the day, this was not how to play, he goes again into the marketplace and he finds those people who threw good thoughts, who sat there on the couch, who played more video games. They ain't even broke a good set yet. They're walking up this morning because they the guys behind them people working half a day you're like, I'm gonna get a day and a half for the day. So the guys who started out at seven thirty in the morning was two Texans, you know what look never too late to come back home. It's never too late to get right with God. I know the times we're in right now are end times. I know the times we're in right now might scare some of us. I know the times right now people are looking up saying that is going to happen. Some people say Jesus is coming back. Some people say we're getting ready to go to World War III. I want you to know you should get yourself into the field and start working. Look what we are. You to read all 18 of those 18. Some people ask me, Pastor, are the songs prophetic? You ever heard of Psalm 22? What is that? Jesus himself quotes it. And look here, look here. So, just by looking at that alone, we you know it's possible, Paul. I'm not saying this is. You just a judge. Some of you are better Bible scholars than I would ever dream of. Psalm 83, verse 1 through 8. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. And do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult. And those who hate you have lifted up their heads. They've taken captive counsel against your people. and consulted together against your shelter ones. Some people call this an hate oh, Let's take a look at the next slide, right they said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation. Talking about Israel, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. And that's exactly what they're saying right now. Verse 5. For they consulted together with one consent. They formed a confederacy against you. The of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Haggai, Evil, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also joined to them. It helped the children of. Help me out here. Why? For. Here, I oh, the next slide. Psalm 83. Do you want to know who they are? Do you want to know who they are in modern day? Kids of Edom? Palestinians and southern Jordanians. Today, Ishmaelites, Saudis, Ismail, the father of Arab, Moab, modern-day Palestinians in central Jordanians, Hagarines. you should know, are Egyptians. That's where the Islamic Brotherhood is from. It has its own name, Hamas. Hezbollah, Islamic Brotherhood. We go on and on. Each one has created their own particular terroristic group. Gebel as Hezbollah, Northern Lebanese, Ammon, Palestinians, and Northern Jordanians, Amalek, the Arab, the Sinai area, Philistia, Hamas, of the Gaza Strip, Tyre, Hezbollah, Southern Lebanese, Assyria is the Syrians and Northern Iraq look well, another map. I'll put here for you. Next one. That's where they are today. You've already heard about that little of b- white. Area, the orange. That's Lebanon. That's what now Britain, Israel. Jordan, off to the east has just broken off relations with the United States and so we don't want to talk to you. Turkey, the same way, up above says, we do not want to talk to you. As they begin, each and every one, Now, take the get that little, big, blue country in the middle that we call it's Big is our state. Gave the Israelites towards the man. Had rights as you know Egypt down below them. Waiting, waiting. I ask you to humble yourself and humble yourself humble yourself and get your heart don't bring lots with you leave him back in the queue let him starve to death by himself your anger your hatred your racism the old wounds you don't need anymore leave it behind and tell it goodbye Father, it comes now, Jesus, and you know how we thank you for your word. Your word is quick in its power, and it is sharp I pray right now, Lord, you, so. So, again, you want to need come to know you? you want to get your heart right with you? you want to fall back so, you, use don't want to miss that sermon. And you want to be there for Monday night as you get ready for our talk church, and pray for us in So I will see you guys in Shalom.